0: This is Agents Influence Podcast.
1: I always hear when I talk about social media, everybody says, oh, I don't do social media. But what they really mean is they don't post to social media. It doesn't mean that they don't consume it. And that's kind of like your likes, right? Just because somebody's not hitting the like button doesn't mean they're not looking at it and evaluating you based on your posts. So you don't have to have a ton of followers and likes to know that there are actually still people looking at it and getting value from it. But you have to have a polished presence because that's your storefront nowadays. That's how they're looking at you. So 70% of of people going online are looking at your social to see like, is this somebody credible? Does it look like somebody I would trust with my business? I'm Jason
0: Cass and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances. All right, all right, all right, you loyal listeners, welcome once again to Agents Influence Podcast, conversations with me, Jason Cass, and today I am here with pa- uh, Paul Baracco. Am I by- Paul- uh, freaking butchered it. You know, loyal <laughs> listeners, you have to admit that I've been doing good at that. So, Baccaro, what did you say you it again? You got it.
1: You got it. There it, it is.
0: Paul Becaro. He's told me before, but I forgot to re-ask you today because of that reason. So, Paul, uh, I do appreciate it. Once again, apologize for butchering the name, but welcome to Agent's Influence.
1: Happy to be here. Excited to talk.
0: All right. Fantastic. um, Loyal listeners, you may not know who he is. If you're sitting in front of your computer, most of you are not. Most of you are swimming, doing whatever you can. Whenever you get back, you can look him up and you can see him and find out about him more on LinkedIn. But in the meantime, let's get to the bottom of this. Paul, are you an iPhone or a Droid user?
1: I am an iPhone user, Apple guy to the core.
0: Apple guy to the core, that's okay, that's okay. You and a lot of other people. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, I
1: hate to lose.
0: (laughs) Any reason why?
1: Uh, probably cause I'm a longtime Buffalo Bills fan and we've been put through the ringer for 20 years. So <laughs> you're damn right about that. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. You really hate to yeah, lose. Yeah. Um, you're I used to, to it, but you're tired of it, right? You know, I so
1: tired of it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, two things we believe got you to where you are inside of your great life. Uh, one is skill and one is luck, which has been a bigger factor in your life that's led you to where you are right now, Paul.
1: Um. You know, I'm not sure if either one of them, I think it's more of passion. I I love technology and I've used that as kind of the catalyst for my whole career, Mm -hmm. uh, which has let me, you know, lead a great life overall and, you know, be able to raise a family and do a lot of the things that we wanted to do together. So just this passion for technology and leveraging that.
0: Right. And passion will drive skill, you know, passion, it sets you up with opportunity to make luck, but I would say passion drives more of the skill, right? It drives you to be better. And, uh, and that, and that's good
1: stuff. I like that. So Paul, take us back. Where were you born, man? I was born in Rochester, New York, and I'm still, still living here, although I have moved around.
0: Yeah. Well, tell, take us back to college and bring us forward. How'd you get to where you are now?
1: Yeah. So I went to college at a state school in, uh, upstate here, uh, Oswego and, and got a degree in marketing. And, uh, when I got out of school, thought I wanted to be, a in the advertising agency world and did that for a number of years and realized that was not for me. Um, like I said, I still love technology though. I learned to program at a young age. My dad taught me how, and there uh-huh. was a computer training company in town that was looking for, for people to help uh, train people on Microsoft office back in the day. And I'm like, that's for me. So I got into the kind of computer training world. And from there got into like online learning and product development and mm-hmm. just kind of took off from there and started developing products um, and just had a passion for
0: it. Yeah, you did. And then if I'm correct, because uh, just loyal listeners, Paul um, and I uh, uh, know each other, not really know each other like his friends, but we've done business together through AI and stuff like that. So I've talked to him before and I kind of know the story. And Paul, um, so so loyal listeners to know, Paul is with Social Jazz and what and what actual is
1: your title there? So I am actually the one of the founders and CEO of Social Jazz.
0: Okay. And so um, it, what's what's cool about this is, is I get a lot, little listeners, you've heard me talk about this before. I get a lot of requests for people who want to be on um, the podcast or want to be doing uh, AI ads. And I mean, we don't accept everybody. And there's a reason why. And one of the things is, is we get hit a lot. By services that I don't want to compare to social jazz, because it's not, but of in the same realm, or they will sell you the same thoughts of updating your social media or whatever. Um, and I'm not downing them, but I'm also not accepting them as a partnership. There was something, Paul, that you um, and not a partnership, but allowing you to come on to this this uh podcast. There was something that I remember, and I don't want to butcher to say it wrong, but you kind of developed this social jazz for insurance agents and you use the test site of an insurance agency to make sure that this was doing, this was going right and you were creating the right product. Am I wrong or right about that? So talk about that, Paul.
1: Yeah, no, you're correct. So when we started developing social jazz, we knew that really the content problem is one most people are trying to solve. Like, what do I post about on a regular basis that people are going to find interest in? They're going to want to share and follow me. And so that content problem is really what we wanted to solve. And so we started off by working with people in the industry. So a big partner of ours is one of the BGAs in town here. Uh, We've worked with several agencies and basically just started with beta saying, okay, what is it that we need to post about? What do we need to talk about? What are the kinds of posts that attract people? And so we kind of really went through this kind of subject matter kind of phase of learning what works and what doesn't um and then refining it along the way and we still do that though we we never are done you know working with subject matter experts to you know come up with the new ideas the topics the questions consumers are asking and then creating posts and reviewing them so that's really our process is making sure that we're working with people from the industry to cre- create you know just good content So I think that's where
0: uh, there's this thought of you should do your content and do your marketing on your own. You should not sub it out. And A lot of you loyal listeners, you're listening right now and you're thinking that. And where they're different is not only with the agency, but where they were different to me was in kind of what you heard him say. He's connecting with people who are in the industry. They're writing content, creating um, these posts and social media um outreach there by, by using and learning from other insurance agencies. So what we normally do is we go hire a marketer, maybe off Upwork or we find some uh, 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 um, a college intern or whatever we can be. Um, we always assume that because they're young, they know everything about social media, <laughs> which is farthest from the truth. Um, but, but, but that's what we normally do. And then we're putting a person in a situation where like, okay, we'll be relevant and build some content for our sites. And they're sitting there going, I don't even know anything about insurance. Right. So that's where I liked what you were uh, building out. I also have to say this, Paul, there's, there's, um, if people go to my social media, um, site and they look, I have agency intelligence. I have designers on, on staff. That's the reason why we have ours built out. And I have so many people, Paul, that will tell me that they saw my content, but I, they never liked my content at all. But they saw like, oh, hey, I saw that thing that you had on the driving tips for Thanksgiving. That was really funny because we kind of write them, you know, to be serious, but to give a little humor in it. And I, and I kind of thought to myself, like, well, you didn't even like it. And I think there's a <laughs> lesson to be learned here. Is that number one, you don't know who's seeing it. And number two, I believe... A vacant Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn page with no posts is as bad as having an old-fashioned website. It really truly is. It just shows. Even if I go look at companies and I go through and they have one, two, three, four likes, it's still the fact that I see that they're regularly trying to provide good information to me. I know that they're spending money to do that and i think that that means a lot. what would you say? i know there's a lot there paul, but i i, I feel yeah, strongly about yeah. this.
1: no you're absolutely right. i mean um a polished social media i don't know if i don't want to get into a ton of insights and stats but like over 70% of people evaluate a company with a combination of their website and their social. they do. so they're it's going that's your digital true. storefront, right? that's, that's your gotta storefront. be true. absolutely true. yeah. and you don't this is funny. I always hear when I talk about social media, everybody says, oh, I don't do social media. But what they really mean is they don't post to social media. It doesn't mean that they don't consume it. And that's kind of like your likes, right? Just because somebody's not hitting the like button doesn't mean they're not looking at it and evaluating you based on your posts. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's like you don't have to have a ton of followers and likes to know that they're actually still people looking at it and getting value from it. But you have to have a polished presence because that's your storefront nowadays. That's how they're looking at you. So 70% of you know, of people going online are looking at your social Um, to see, like, is this somebody credible? Does it look like that's somebody I would trust with my business? Um. And what are these? well Paul, for? we don't
0: even realize it. We don't even realize it, right? Because I'm right now. I'm sitting here thinking. This morning, I thought we're going to get professional photos and headshots. So I went online to to, to Google and I put in uh, photography and headshots, business headshots near me, and I found a couple for to And every time, because it would pop up the map, I would click the thing and it would take me to their website. I would look around their website and then I would go to their social sites. And what I was just looking for was: is it updated? Is this kind of new? Knew, you know, and ironically yeah. enough, the one who actually had some, their website was nice too, but the way it connected to their social and was very congruent with it. I think that, uh, uh, that really helped me do that. And I think my point is we're doing this on a subconscious level. We're not even thinking about because we've done it so many times, you know?
1: Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know when you people go to your website you don't necessarily know it because they're not hitting the like button right so they're still evaluating your company they're reading your blogs they're checking out who you are going to your about us page but they don't hit a like button so uh the same thing with social is that they're going to your social accounts and they're scrolling through and they're wa- looking at your posts. you know watching your reels just because they're not hitting the like button doesn't mean they're not using that as a way to kind of evaluate you as a business right and find out what you're all about correct
0: Susie's sitting next to John at the uh, at the ballpark, and they're doing they're sitting there discussing it. one's talking about their insurance, and the other says, "Hey, you know, you should look at the Insurance Alliance, and, and specifically Jason Cass." Um, if you ever need it. Well, that person doesn't instantly just think, oh, let me jump on and see. Sometimes they do if they're sitting there and they already have their phone out. But when they go home or whenever, it's more about them not just picking up the phone and calling. The good clients are actually researching, right? So they're the ones doing what you're talking about. They're going to the website. Then they're going to the social sites and they're putting together this evaluation. Just like if I went to a building um, for an insurance agency, and maybe it's in a old rickety building or an old house or in the back of a house or something like that. They could be the best insurance agent in the world. And I may find that out, but my initial thought is, whoa, uh, right. is this the right place that I should be going to? And I think our virtual land is more important than our, than our actual physical land. And I think social jazz tries to help that. And, I, and that's what I like about it. And that's why I brought you on, Paul.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. And I I absolutely agree, you know, it's your storefront. And you need to spend a little time polishing it and making sure it's welcoming and on point and on brand. Totally agree.
0: It is. It is. So where do you see the future of social jazz going?
1: So obviously continuing to create content that's the ongoing um, thrust of our corporation is making sure that we produce really good content that engages, you know, consumers, answers their questions, gets them to buy products or pick up the phone and you know have a consult. So constantly working on content, and that's an av- that's a uh, an evolving world because you know there's video and you know the social media platforms like Instagram are switching the rules all the time and the algorithms. So constantly keeping up on what's the latest content, what content actually moves the needle. Um, what content is playing well? And so, uh, just staying up with the latest and greatest on that front, the latest and greatest on the you know social media platforms themselves, and what they're doing and what they like to show. And then the other thing is really just kind of leveraging more um, kind of artificial intelligence. Um, you know, in the long run, to uh, make sure we have, we know what the trends are online because it's very important when you're talking about the algorithms. They want to they present what's trending. And so if we understand what's trending, what consumers are looking for at any given moment, and making sure we're producing content that matches that, you'll get way more bang for your buck on social than, you know, posting something that nobody's even searched for for five years, right?
0: (laughs) Right. That's true. Tell you a story here, Paul, uh, and loyal listeners. I may have told this back a long time ago when it happened, like in twenty. I think it's 2011. Don't hold this to me. It was like March 11th or 22nd, something like that. The fact that I can remember that it was a major day and it was the day that the um, tsunami happened over in Japan and the nuclear reactors were going crazy. Right, Paul? This has to do with relevant conversation. It was, I believe, a Saturday morning. I'm watching CNN. I'm watching this thing, and this is going crazy. And you know, and and, and they're talking about the tsunami. And the tsunami started because of this earthquake that happened, right? And I really started thinking, earthquakes a big deal in our area. And I started thinking, like, you know, that's got to be pretty important. And we have like 10, 15, and 20 percent deductibles on your homeowners insurance for earthquake, all right? And that's of coverage A. House is worth $100,000 coverage A. You're gonna have a 10000 15000 $20,000 deductible, right? So I started thinking, I think, you know what, how many people, if there's a major earthquake around here, really understand that they have a deductible? I bet you most of them don't. And so, and they probably think it's a thousand dollar deductible. So I went to Facebook real quick. I made up a post that's a, a, a blog. Then I took some information from some my insurance carriers, put it together as far as earthquake and, and how it has a deductible. And then I, atta- I went and created a post on social media and I attached it to it and drove media and drove um, business to the that post um, or that blog. And here's what was so cool. And this is the point of the story. I'm skipping through a lot of stuff to get to this is that when I set that post out there, I um, I just put it out as, Hey, um, it's terrible. What's happening in Japan. If this ever happens an earthquake here in America, this is something that you need to know. And I probably specified it to people in my area or whatever. I can't remember. The point is I got a crap load of clicks, okay? A, a crap load, okay? And I spent like 10-15 bucks. A ton of people were clicking it. The point is, in September of that year, I ran the same ad, I put $25 behind it, and hardly no one clicked on the damn thing. It was because it was relevant to that time and that taught me so much and what you're saying is so important too. And it only makes sense that the social sites would want to push relevant information. If it's what our culture's talking about, it's what they're gonna push. Um, so that's sorry to give you that long story, but that is important when you talk about being relevant. Oh, that that absolutely. is something the
1: algorithms love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what the algorithms are looking for. Like whatever's trending is what they're gonna put out more of because that's what we're all talking about collectively. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, and I, and I hate to always say insurance tied to disasters, but you're right. I mean, there's, there's flooding and wildfires and, and, you know, snowstorms up here where we are. And, and those are the times to hit people with, you know, you know, the, the yep. information about their policies and their coverage and mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Nope. You're exactly right. And in, in any time of emergency, Billy Williams says, um, that the best time to, uh, give or offer a life insurance policy is right when the client, when the client has a claim, uh, excuse me, an auto claim. So if the client customer is involved in a claim, no matter how little or big it is at that point in time, that's when they're thinking to themselves, what if this would have happened? What if that person would have done this? What would I have done? That's a very good point in time being, trying to be relevant to that. And natural disasters are, are, um, one of the leaders in that. That's true. So Paul, anything you want to say wrapping up about this? I greatly appreciate this conversation. It was a damn good one.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I would just say that social media is just one of the tools that obviously agents and agencies um, can use to promote their business, and they should. It's a challenge to stay active on it and relevant, but you can do it, especially with the right tools and the right people and the right story. And, uh, you know, I really think it does, like you said, even if you don't see the likes and follows, it does drive business. It does answer Mm -hmm. questions, that key questions your consumers have. So just, you know, it's your storefront. Stay at it. Keep it polished, keep it on brand, and and you'll see results from it.
0: Now, Paul, if somebody has, like me, I have a blog section and we write blogs monthly. Am I allowed to, will you link to those blogs inside your social, uh, Jazz?
1: Uh, that is not part of the automation, but you can. We do have the ability to do uh, custom posts. So if you have a blog blog okay. and you want to promote it, you just go in and create a custom post and then link to it. Uh, right now, we don't have automatic blog blog linking at this point yet.
0: Okay. All right. That, that would be, that would be essential and helpful. Most people don't have blogs, right? So right. the fact that you're leading them somewhere, <laughs> but I think that blog and linking to that is essential to that conversion, um, so Paul do really appreciate you coming on. I really do. Um, uh, here's the thing, loyal listeners that I, that I said earlier, I think it's important not to have, um, a vacant building as your agency. And I don't believe that it's good to have a vacant news feed either on your Facebook, Instagram, whatever page that you're trying to promote. If it's commercial insurance, maybe it should be over in the LinkedIn. But the point is, is that, um, is, is that This is something that can't be ignored. It's something that yes, there may be some social uh, sites that are more important than this social site sometime and that and helping uh, develop that demographic is something that you can work with Social Jazz on. But I just think it's very, very important that we understand that people are seeing your posts. Um, And I say this a lot, people, it can drive business, but I wanna let you know it's a long-term game. I say that it's more branding building. It's a brand builder and puts you in front of people. I mean, we'll pay, uh, you know, 10, we'll pay money to be in front of 10, 15, 50 prospects. Uh, Maybe we're serving them dinner. Maybe we're, you know, standing out at a carnival or something at a table or a booth and we paid money to be at that. This is just another way for you to do this digitally. And I think it's important that those booths at the carnival and stuff, as you already know, loyal listeners are not as beneficial as they used to be. The reason is they don't need to stop and talk to you about their business. They can look at the name of your business, go home and search your business, and you better have a good storefront digitally, uh, whether that's your website or your social media, as I call them outposts. Um, So I hope you got something from this. Go out there and check out socialjazz.com. That's right. Right, Paul? Socialjazz.com. Um, and, uh, I do appreciate every one of you. This has been agents influence podcast where I do what I do. Cause I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This is Cass. He's Paul. He's social jazz and we're out. Hey agents. Listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.